lips this morning. Oh, Amber, that is just so beautiful. We are so blessed. We are so blessed to have you here. Uh, Amber is, uh, I think most of you know, she's just getting towards the end of her first year of practitioner training. And do you see it in her? Do you see it in her? Oh, my goodness gracious. Beautiful, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Oh, here we are, April, which means a new theme, a new month, a, a, a new theme. Uh, our annual theme this year is Awake and Alive, We Thrive. That's our theme for 2019. April is here, and our uh, theme for this month is Challenge and Transformation. As we start and move into this month with Easter, Holy Week, and all that's coming forward, Challenge and Transformation. And today, my talk title is hope and other superpowers. You know, and I stole it from our book of the month, which is John, Reverend John Pavlich's new book. And we're going to talk a little bit about it today. It's the title of his book. And this is the book that we're using this month. We'll have it in the bookstore. If we don't already, we will. You know, when I first heard of John Pavlich, he's a minister, he's a more Christian minister, more mainstream minister, when Dr. Uh, Reverend um, David Alexander invited him to speak at Lake Oswaga, Oregon, CSL, Center for Spiritual Living. And he had uh, John come for the whole weekend, and he did workshops with people, and he did things with people, and uh, he spoke on Sunday, because the two of them spoke together, they had an interchange, and you can listen to it on their uh, on their podcast. But on a Saturday, they had a private little uh, session for ministers, for clergy. And some of my friends went, some of my colleagues went. And what they said to me afterwards, I wasn't able to attend, is what they said, they said, John, Reverend John, is doing the work of Jesus. That got my attention. That got my attention, and I ordered the book, and I've begun to read it, you know. And uh, how amazing that is, you know to be doing that work. Now, John is one of those Christian ministers that has been labeled a heretic by his own people, right? He was fired from his pulpit, right? And those are the ministers I love. Those are the ministers I love. He's in good company, you know, with, uh, with uh, Bishop uh, Carlton Pearson. If you don't know about uh, Bishop Carlton, he too was fired. He was fired from a very large, both of these men had mega churches. They had very, very large churches. There's a film about um, Bishop Carlton that came out last year. It's called, I think, Any Sunday, the title, let me give you the right title. Um, Come Sunday. Come Sunday. And you can watch it on Netflix, and it's the story of his life. But what happened for um, Bishop Carlton is he, as I said, had a big mega church. And in 1994, I believe it was, he was watching a special on Rwanda and the genocide that was going on there. And he had what he called an epiphany. He had what he called an epiphany from God. He thought, these people, according to my teaching, are going to a place called hell because they're not Christians, right? And uh, he thought, this can't be. This can't be. If there's a loving God, if there's a loving God that loves us more than we can even imagine, that loves us unconditionally, that loves us no matter what we do, how in the world is that God going to condemn us to eternal damnation? Right? A thinking person cannot 
equate that, right? A plus B does not equal C. And for many of us that move into the new thought religion, it's because we thought about that, right? We thought about that and said, something's not right here. Well, that happened to Bishop Carlton, and he had the courage, he had the strength, he had the audacity to stand up in front of this mega church and say there was no hell. Well, you can imagine. You can imagine he no longer has that church and he's now a New Thought minister, right? But I encourage you to watch the movie, watch the movie. Well, Reverend John Pavlovich is sort of on that same path. Reverend John... Um, was raised a Catholic. He was raised a Catholic, and then because he, he couldn't get married in the Catholic Church because his wife was not Catholic, they got married in a Methodist church. And uh, soon after that, he became a youth minister for a large church, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And in 2012, he started a blog that said, Stuff That Needs to Be Said. You can see his blog. I posted his latest blog on our Facebook page. It's the one that has Anne Frank's picture, if you're on our Facebook page. And his, talk title, his title of that blog is Why We Should Have Hope. And it's a beautiful, beautiful um, blog. Controversial, in fact, it was very controversial in his denomination and where he came from. So he started his blog in 2012, and in 2013 he was fired from his pulpit. Right? Again, my kind of guy, my kind of guy. Those that have the courage to speak their inner conviction, that have the courage to say, hey, the emperor has no clothes on, right? And what got John was that uh, he was raised in this particular religion where you were either in or you were out. If you were in their religion, you were in the in group. If you were not in that religion, you were out, right? And then he went off to art school. He went to school for graphic design where he met people of every walk, people of every sexuality, uh, people of every uh, color, race, creed. And it opened his eyes a little bit. And then his brother came out. His brother came out as gay. Opened his eyes even more. He loved his brother. He couldn't see how his brother was going to hell because he happened to be gay, right? And you got to ask yourself these hard questions. My faith says this. This is what my heart tells me. Right? And so he started to investigate the verses in the Bible that had something to do with our sexual orientation. And uh, he found there was nothing in there. There was nothing in there. And he started to speak that. And he started to put that in his blog. Well, what happened to him? You know, and he's become a huge advocate for the LGBTQ community, huge advocate of inclusivity, of love, hope, and other superpowers. So that's what we're going to be talking about this uh, today. Uh, he has uh, his blog had was at 23 million views back in the early days. The day after our 2016 president election, his his blog just blew up. He has a, a thing on there, the day of grief, where a lot of people were looking for like, what does this all mean? What's happening in our world? You know, and, and I have no idea. I couldn't find what his blog numbers were today. At that time in 2013-14 when he started, he had 60,000 Twitter followers, and today he has 164,000 Twitter followers, Twitter followers. So you know, he's blowing up. People are reading him. People are needing what he has to say. He's calling out 
those that proclaim to be Christians but are not loving. You see, it doesn't go together. Now, we're not necessarily a Christian denomination here. We are inclusively Christian, not exclusively Christian. So we welcome all paths to light to God. We have Jewish people among us. We have Hindus among us. We have Muslims among us. We have everybody. But I'm talking about these particular men because that's the, the um, religious faith that they come from. So what John decided he wanted to do, and this was very radical, was he wanted to love the way Jesus loved. You know, to love the way Jesus loved. And that's his message. What would Jesus do, or any of the great teachers, if they were walking among us today, if they were walking through Chinatown in Salinas, I don't know if you've seen it, the tent city for our homeless, what would Jesus do? Right? What would the great masters do? They certainly wouldn't turn around and look the other way. They certainly wouldn't pretend that they didn't see it. Right? What would Jesus do? Reverend David compared the work that John is doing to the work of our early New Thought founders. You see, back in New England in the early days of this discovery of Emerson and, and, and Thoreau and, and Troward and all of our early guys, they thought that they were creating a new way to be a Christian. They thought they were creating a more inclusive Christianity, right? And they ended up creating a whole new philosophy, right? Our new thought philosophy. Well, that's sort of where John's going with this. He's hoping to create a larger Christian community is his goal. You know, he says we're all welcome at the table, and that was his first book. His first book that came out is A Bigger Table, Building Messy, Authentic, and Hopeful Spiritual Communities. Is there room at the table for everyone? And that's John's message, really. Is there room at the table for everyone? No matter where you come from, no matter your sexual orientation, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what you've done in the past, no matter who you've hurt, what, what's happened, no matter what, you are welcome. You are welcome. This is a message of love. This is a message of hope. You know, and, and um, if you're on social media at all, and I'm knowing that some of you aren't because uh, we have some new social media and there's some of you that follow us and some of you that don't. If you do have a Facebook page, if you have Instagram, just go on and like us. It really helps to get our message out into the world. The more people that you share it with, the more people that they share it with, and the more people that know about us. But on social media right now, there's a meme that's going around that says, are you building a wall or are you building a bigger table? Like, which one are you in? Which camp are you in? And I'm not trying to be political here at all. I'm not trying to be political. I am trying to be uh, loving. I am trying to say, which camp are you in? Are you in the camp of inclusivity? Or are you in the camp of exclusivity? Are you in the camp, if you don't look like me, you can't be my friend? Or are you in the camp that I love you no matter what? Which camp are you in? Which camp are you pitching your tent in? Where do you stand in this whole equation? Imagine for a moment that you lived your life as Jesus Christ. Could you imagine what that would be like to love the way God loves? 
you know, Bobby and I had the great good fortune, I think, it was the great good fortune anyway, Bobby, I don't know if you did, where are you, there you are. Wednesday, we got to go to the Fund for Homeless, the Fund for Homeless Women. They meet once a month, it's an organization here on the Monterey Peninsula that is doing amazing work, that is really doing the work of Jesus, right? They're an umbrella organization over many of the other smaller, or not smaller, but other organizations that help the homeless women, specifically for women on the peninsula. They have uh, the Gathering for Women, the Community of Homeless Solutions, Interim, Legal Services for Seniors. Uh, they have the uh, I Help. They have the Safe Parking. They have a lot of things that fall under their umbrella. But what we got to do there, they have a speaker every month. It's, it's uh, well, right now they may be every other month, but it's open to everybody. It's open to everybody. If you want to know more about it, see Bobby. She's very involved. And... Um, we got to hear two women from Thistle Farms in Nashville, Oregon, Nashville, uh, Tennessee. They just moved here. Uh, they're here living here now, but they had the experience of working at a place called Thistle Farms. Amazing place, doing amazing work, and I'm going to tell you more about it in just a little bit. But uh, when I was in ministerial school, my favorite, favorite, favorite book that we read in one class was Tattoos on the Heart. The story of uh, Father Gregory Babol, uh, The Power of Boundless Compassion. Now, Father Gregory, I was just amazed by this book when I was in ministerial school. He has started uh, a place in Los Angeles. It's a place for gang members that are wanting to get out of the gangs. It's a place for them to go and live and be and rehabilitate and get a job and get vocational training and get back out in the world. You can, uh, they started out with a bakery and so they were trained in the bakery. They were trained to work. Father Gregory would just take anybody in, just take anybody in, and uh, I just ordered his new book, which is called Barking to the Choir, <laughs> right? I haven't read it yet, but he's doing great work. Sometimes you'll see Homeboy Industries tortilla chips in our stores, and you know if you buy those, you're supporting these young men and now women. It's opened up to women, too. They live there. They're amazing members of society today. Thistle Farms is a very similar organization. One of the things that I loved that these girls talked about is they talked about the thing that happens at Thistle Farms is radical hospitality. Radical hospitality. I loved that. You know, in John, it's on the back of John's book too. Radical hospitality. Is your table open to be welcoming to anybody? Are you willing to be radically hospitable to somebody that's just coming off the streets? Right? To somebody who uh, has uh, intravenous drug marks all over their arm? to somebody who's transgendered? Are you open to have radical hospitality to anybody that comes to your table? That's what we're talking about today. Hmm. So Thistle Farms is an organization that was started by a woman, and I'm not going to remember her name right now, and she has a couple books, Bev, Beth, Becca, Becca, and is she in my opinion, is doing the work of Jesus, doing the work of Buddha, doing the work of any great master. She decided that uh, she was going to have this place where people could come, women could come that were homeless, that were drug addicted, uh, that uh, had been participating in the sex trade, that they would come and they would be welcomed with radical hospitality. 
They're allowed to live there for two years. The first six months, they just get to be. They just get to be. They're welcome to their room with chocolates on the pillow like a fancy hotel. Right? It's not like here's your cot in the corner. She's opened a place that says body lotion. So if you want to contribute Thistle Farms, creams and lotions, and the women make candles. That was their first thing, I think, these lavender candles that every woman gets. You see the early days. We got to see videos of when they started and where they are now, and they're making them in. There was a story they said that the big pots that the Boy Scouts used for their spaghetti dinner, right? And they made the candles in that the first time. Well, Boy Scouts weren't too happy about that. But now they have their own, and they have a bigger factory, and they have a cafe. They have a cafe where you can go, and you can eat, and you can have soup, and you can have coffee, and you can sit. And this young woman, one of the speakers that uh, was there with us, she said she sat for six months in this window seat. When she first moved to Nashville, she was getting ready to go into ministerial school to the seminary there. And uh, she befriended these women who brought her a bowl of soup every day. And uh, she fell in love, of course, with them, with the organization, with the model, with this whole idea of everyone matters. Everyone matters, no matter where we've been, no matter what we did, no matter where we're going, we matter. Mm. So the thrust of the book is hope and other superpowers. And, and what John's talking about is finding out what is our superpower. He says we all have superpowers. What is it that we have that we can do, right? Am I waiting for a hero? Or am I the hero, right? Lily Tomlin has this quote, I always wondered why somebody doesn't do something about that. And then I realized I was somebody, right? And what are we waiting for? Who are we waiting to show up to take care of our planet? Who are we waiting to show up to take care of our sick? Who are we waiting to show up to do the work that we've been called here to do? I think if you're sitting in this church today, you have been called. You have been called to be the love, or you wouldn't be here. You know, you can be the love right where we are with, right what, you, with what you have right now today. You don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. We just need to open our heart space. Right? Perhaps your superpower is, for instance, that you're a great writer. Suppose you're a great writer and your superpower is writing. Well, what can you do with that superpower? Well, you could write a blog, right? Get it out to the people. You could write a book. You could go into our schools and you could help children learn to write. You could go to the library. You could volunteer. What can you do with that superpower? Suppose that your superpower was that you're a great gardener. You've got a green thumb, right? You're really good at growing things. What can you do with that superpower? You can bring flowers. You can bring a plant. You can bring a little love and joy into somebody's heart, right? We all have something that we can give. We all have something that we can do in this world. Um, you know, but one of the questions that I really have been curious about is what is our superpower here, Monterey Center for Spiritual Living. What are we about? What makes us unique? What is it that brings you here? What is it that we have to offer to the world? You know, we're not Reverend Bill's church in PG. You know, we're not the Unity Church up the street. We are Monterey Center for, for uh, Spiritual Living in downtown Monterey. What is our superpower? 
What are we about? What message do we want to share? What do we want people to know about us? Do we want to be the love church? I like that. Let's be the love church. We're the church that loves everybody. No matter where you've been, what you've done, you're welcome here. You know, what is important to us? I know that in our uh, leadership meetings, it's been a lot about how can we do more outreach? Like we're the best kept secret. We need to stop being the best kept secret on the peninsula. We need people to know that we're here. Right? We need to be that church, that light. Right? Calling people in, yes, you're welcome. We don't care. We don't care where you've been. We don't care what you've done. We don't care what you believe. We love you. Because we believe that you are God incarnate. We believe that each one of you are, right? That's the message that we want to carry. You know, we have women among us that are using their superpowers today, and you may not know about it. You know, we have women that are sitting in our sanctuary today that are using their superpowers. We have one who makes sandwiches and gives them out of the back of her car to the homeless. Nobody knows. She doesn't ask for accolades for it. You know, she's doing the work of Jesus. She's finding people that are hungry and she's giving them food. We have a woman sitting among us today that nurses our sick, that she loves them, right? She calls them. She sees how they are. She checks in on them. She takes them to their doctor's appointment. She's using her superpower, right? What is your superpower? What is it that you can give? What is it that you have that you can give? You know? What is yours to do? And what is ours to do collectively? Those are the questions I ask myself. I did have Kleenex here somewhere. Here it is. Um, you know, I thought about, okay, what's my superpower? What's my superpower? You know, one of the things that I feel that I bring is that I believe absolutely. I believe absolutely in the power and the presence. It's a Bible quote, and I know I've shared it with you all before, but it sums up my ministry for me. It's from John, and it's, uh, for this I was born to testify to the truth. And that's what I feel is part of what I do. But there's a song by Jamie Lula, one of our New Thought artists, and I love Jamie Lula, and I wish we could bring him here. He lives in Los Angeles. But one of his songs is, Let Me Love the Way You Do. Let me love the way you do. Let my heart be wide open no matter what the world reveals to me. Let me love the way you do. That's my desire. That's my goal. To get to that place where I love the way God loves. Wow, that would be quite a superpower. <laughs> if I ever could get there. But that's my goal. That's my desire. Yeah. The other thing that I love to do is I, help, I love to help other people to find their connection with their God, whatever it is. Find your connection with source. Come to know that you have access to the most amazing power there is, each and every one of us. You know. So what is your superpower? What is your superpower? You know, I want to invite you to go out this week and use your superpower. Be the love. Be the love. God bless you. So glad that you're here today. Thank you. Thank you.